0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Knowledge Group podcast where we're taking a sneak peek at what our audience can expect at upcoming Knowledge Group events. This week we're looking at oil and gas restructuring, both the promises and the perils explored. The event's going live October 24th, running between 3 and 4pm Eastern Standard Time. All the information you need to sign up and participate will be in the description box down below, along with the code PODCAST25. Using that code will get you 25% off your first webcast registration with us. Once again, that's code PODCAST25, and everything you need is in the description box. Scott Johnson will be our first speaker. He's a managing director at Chiron Financial LLC, followed by Anthony Marino, a shareholder at Slattery, Marino & Roberts. Let's turn things over to them.
1: So hello everyone, Uh, my name is Scott Johnson, Uh, I am a managing director and co-owner of Chiron Financial, uh, which is a middle market uh, focused investment banking firm based in Houston. Uh, We are particularly active in uh, private placements of both debt and equity. Uh, and, uh, and and we're while we cover a number of industries uh, we're especially heavy in activity uh, in energy especially oil and gas uh, uh, producing companies and and oil field service and equipment companies uh, also perhaps uh, uniquely for middle market focused firm uh, we we are very active and experienced in uh, both the growth capital raises uh, in the private markets, uh, and also restructuring, uh, uh, you know, refinancing, restructuring, bankruptcy—that whole side of uh, the world. Uh, so that's a little background on me. I, I'm uh, happy to uh, have this opportunity to uh, talk about kind of the state of uh, financing in the oil and gas world. And I think maybe to start off, I think it's helpful to look back a couple of years in order to, you know, kind of understand better where we are and, you know, how we got here in terms of financing for oil and gas companies. So as I imagine everyone listening in has certainly knows, the 2015 to 2016, Uh, downward cycle in the oil and gas industry was uh, extremely severe, uh, the the most severe at least since the 1980s. And one of the results of that uh, downturn was that um, many companies, in fact the vast majority of oil and gas companies, uh, uh, came out of that uh, period really over leveraged with debt uh, relative to their asset values and relative to their cash flows. Now, uh, certainly things have gotten much better since then. Uh, companies have recovered. Balance sheets have uh, significantly recovered, uh, but there is still uh, some distance to go for many companies. So uh, what compounded the, the strain or the pressure on oil and gas companies was that at the same time as this uh, downturn in, in March of 2016, the bank regulators changed uh, the regulation of the banks with respect to oil and gas lending and changed it not just a little, but actually massively. Among other things, they they, they not only uh, tightened up the the number standards, the the ratios, but they also uh, said that from now on uh, the the measure uh, of debt will no longer be the amount of bank debt, uh, but rather total debt. And that's a big difference because for, uh, uh, on average, for public uh, E&P companies, at that time the amount of total debt was approximately two times the amount of bank debt. So a, a, a big change in the regulation. So the result of all that, or that change, was that in the middle of this severe downturn, um, there was this additional pressure from the, really, on the banks and from the banks uh, because uh, the new standards resulted in uh, a, a, a situation where the vast majority of public company uh, bank debt, uh, EMP company bank debt, uh, was considered by the regulators to be what they call substandard or worse, often by not only one measure, but two or three of the measures that they uh, put forward. So um, specifically, the numbers that we're able to evaluate are those that were put out by the OCC, that's the Office of the Controller of the Currency, and that's because that was the only one of the several uh, regulators of banks which actually put down on paper very specific numerical standards. The others tend to follow the OCC um, in what they do, although not, not uh, explicitly, but they, they go in essentially the same direction. But those are the only numbers we can look at, so those are the ones that we have evaluated and, and applied to public company balance sheets and cash flows to try to assess how big a problem. So, and the uh, the, the result of all that, which we, we first, uh, did an analysis of those numbers a couple of years ago, and at that time uh, there was over 76 billion dollars of uh, public company e and company uh, bank debt that appeared to be substandard uh, or worse, which is just a, a very large number, and, and the vast majority, something like 85% of the public companies appeared to be in that situation. So very widespread. We've updated the numbers uh, since then, and, and they have come down substantially. We're just kind of fine-tuning our latest version, and I'll share some of that on the, the uh, actual call. Uh, but the the gist is that while the 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 quantity, the size of the problem, has diminished, it is still a very substantial problem in the tens of millions of dollars, uh, tens of billions of dollars. Excuse me, of bank debt that, that needs to find another home and. and particular reason it needs to find a different home is because when the bank loans are viewed as substandard, uh, the banks are required to put up much larger reserves, essentially put up, uh, have have reserve a much larger amount of equity capital against that loan, uh, which has the effect of of really making it uneconomic for uh, any bank to hold such a loan. So the pressure has been on for the banks to exit many of those loans, and continues. Um, significant progress has been made on that score, but there's still quite a ways to go. So I, I think I do think that the the uh, period of what most people would call restructuring in oil and gas is largely over. Uh, certainly, the number of bankruptcies filings are way down. There's still some companies in bankruptcy, but uh, that is has uh, slowed to a relative trickle. Uh, and so I wouldn't call most of these situations uh, restructurings precisely, but there is still a need to refinance uh, the uh, away from the banks, to replace bank debt uh, for a very large number of companies, to replace that bank debt with something else. And uh, the leading candidate today, I think, is non-bank private debt markets. Um, The public markets are not particularly cooperative right now. Uh, Fortunately, the uh, non-bank private debt uh, markets, especially private credit funds, or funds that are primarily oriented toward lending as opposed to equity investments, that that market has expanded dramatically uh, in the last several years. From what it was, and there are uh, many alternatives, and uh, uh, fortunately those alternatives give uh, oil and gas companies uh, more choices than in the past, ranging from really fairly moderately higher costs than the banks to to something much higher. But uh, across that whole spectrum, uh, what the companies will get with uh, new money is much greater flexibility to, to use the money uh, uh, not only to fix the bank problem, but also to grow their business. So that's uh, what we'll, I'll be focusing on, um, on the formal call. And, uh, and I'll be um, adding uh, some more specifics on uh, the, the current current state with respect to the banks. This is Anthony
2: Marino, also known as Tony Marino. I'm a shareholder of Slattery Marino and Roberts. Uh, we're a very small law firm that handles primarily oil and gas transactions. Uh, mostly on the offshore, but so, so much so on the onshore as well. I've got special regulatory expertise over the years uh, with the Bureau of Ocean Energy Management and the Bureau of Safety and Environmental Enforcement. Uh, those are commonly known as GOM or BSEE, and BSEE. There are several regions, the Gulf of Mexico region, which is the primary area uh, for oil and gas exploration offshore, but also California, the Pacific region, and the Alaska region for which I've had some exposure and experience over the many 30-plus uh, years of my practice. Um, the, uh, as Scott mentioned, you know, much of my practice over the last six or seven years has been uh, as a result of the multiple bankruptcies that were filed by um, various E&P companies. The biggest one most recently that started off just after the Macondo incident uh, in 2010 was the bankruptcy that was filed by ATP, uh, Oil and Gas Corporation, in August of of 2012. I was Special Regulatory Counsel for that matter. And uh, the financial pressures caused by many of the the, the fall of the commodity prices and some complications of of various other uh, issues that were not uh, forecasted, and also the length of time that these commodity prices have remained uh, at a low price up until this year. Uh, we, as Scott mentioned, I think we're seeing less of the bankruptcies uh, happening with the E&P companies. Uh, and there are a few still in there in, in, in some respects. Many of the companies I've, that I was serving as special counsel um, were dealing with the federal government in terms of making sure that they could fulfill their lease obligations, more particularly with uh, plugging and abandonment obligations and decommissioning, and as a result, uh, Regulations were issued uh, back in uh, 2016 uh, to um, kind of corral how things would be done uh, for uh, financial assurance policies and, and, and the like. Uh, and that has put a lot of pressure on small companies, more particularly uh, small independents and, and uh, some uh, majors. But
0: So thanks for listening to this week's Knowledge Group podcast. Once again, the oil and gas restructuring, promises and perils explored going live October 24th between 3 and 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. All the information you need to sign up and participate will be in the description box down below, along with the code PODCAST25. Using that code gets you 25% off your first webcast registration. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, like us on Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at no underscore group and like us on Facebook for more news and pertinent information about upcoming events. And we look forward to seeing you at this one. Take care. Bye now.